Finley for introducing me. Um, as he said, my name is Ryan, and I'm currently working on my dissertation um, that looks at the practice, in particular, of cooperative values. In um, I've called it post-crisis Italy, but that maybe isn't entirely correct because actually the crisis, la crisi, continues to be something that comes up in regular conversation and is going to seem to be the continual context of the business environment there. Um, so I'm looking at um, broadly cooperatives and their values through a detailed case study of two social cooperatives um, that I'm calling Verde Cura and Luminare. Um, and also interactions of those within broader networks of cooperatives um, in and around Bologna. So um, what this presentation that I've, I've called Marketing Conscious Consumption um, is inspired by one of my thesis chapters, but is looking really at how the cooperative uses ICTs, most um, specifically Facebook and social media marketing. So using that example, what I'd like to do is, is to explore how a top-down marketing approach used by a cooperative can actually be considered activism. So the other thing I'd, I'd like to ask, as I mentioned in, in the abstract, is when does this kind of sharing on Facebook or other social media become marketing? Or maybe actually, if the sharing is being done by um, a business or anyone who has something to sell, it, perhaps it's always marketing. So I'd like to begin by considering quickly the popular views on digital activism in general, not as it relates to food activism. Um, so I was working on my slides yesterday, and I came across this, which I just couldn't help myself sharing. Um, so I'll give you a minute. Um, it's kind of clear. All of you have seen various memes related to this on Facebook. Um, and I think it captures really clearly... Um, with a characteristic, reflexive irony that you get in activism on Facebook, um, the concerns that people are raising. So somebody I know has, has mentioned, this is so true, we can't ignore the irony of this being posted on Facebook. And I, I think memes like this are quite common. So people are, on one hand, trying to engage with these debates on Facebook, but they, they realize that possibly what they're doing isn't useful. Um, a 2014 article in The Independent um, entitled Liking Isn't Helping, How Facebook is Killing Student Activism, um, the author argues that Facebook activism actually presents a real danger because our society has, I'm quoting her, our society has long depended on students to perform more than their fair share of its political outrage. Um, so she continues... Liking, posting, and commenting makes you feel like you're doing something without actually making any difference whatsoever. The opiate of shouting something into the abyss, which is essentially what Facebook activism is, purges your outrage, but prevents it actually turning into anything useful. So that's quite damning. I, I wouldn't go that far, but in fact, I think a lot of anthropologists who've been studying internet activism have also been ambivalent on the potential of online activism being useful. Um, a lot of work sort of talks about how people create identity or, um, um, or actually create social relationships rather than really concrete action. Um, I'm sorry for anybody who would have liked to see it but didn't know and missed it. Danny Miller was here yesterday speaking at the Oxford Institute 
um, about digital media. And, and his talk, I mean, he's written about Facebook before, but his talk was especially interesting. Um, it was about the UCL Global Social Media Project. And he argued very much that Facebook is specifically used just really for creating relationships so that people are using it instrumentally for the relationships. Um, and that political posts or other kinds of activism are are really not useful in their own right, but just instrumentally for relationship creating. Um, so that's, that's one point of view. But what can we learn from looking at this particular case of ICT-based food activism? Um, so I'd like to introduce you to Luminati Cooperative. Um, it's a social cooperative, which really is a non-profit and specifically values-driven business. So I've put part of the mission statement here, which serves as the guiding principles for the retail space. This is also um, shared on their website, so it's one of the main pages on the cooperative's website to let people know its purpose for existing. So I'd like to just kind of read... Um, it's dedicated to the civilian economy and the promotion of human and economic activities sustainable from an ethical, social, and environmental point of view, um, which does not have profit as its main reason for being. So the whole, it, while it is a business, it's actually motivated by these values, um, in theory, at least. Um, so in fitting with, with other descriptions of, of conscious or ethical consumption, this vision includes a diverse range of overlapping and possibly conflicting concerns, environmental, social, um, as animal, human, and also possibly convicting, conflicting views on territoriality and solidarity um, and, and the concern for a greater good. Um, also, while they're arguing for critical consumption, which is what they call ethical consumption in Italian, um, the embodiment of the mission of Luminare is in a shopping center or retail space. And this, to me, suggests an ideology of consumerism, where customers are actually encouraged to shop and also buying sometimes non-necessary items. So unlike consumer cooperatives, where the owners and members would actually come together for a shared consumption benefit. So one example is um, the Manchester, or sorry, the Rochdale Pioneers in Manchester. Some of you might know they're the sort of founding fathers of the cooperative movement today. Their goal was to be able to access safe, unadulterated foodstuffs at a fair price. Um, and that almost is kind of early days of food activism, if you want to look at it that way. Um, obviously completely offline. Um, or you could also be a consumer cooperative trying to get better deals on electricity, so that might be the, um, the cooperative energy here in the UK. Um, but social cooperatives like Luminare are different because they're founded and run specifically with the purpose of creating jobs for disadvantaged community members. Um, it's a particularly Italian um, occurrence. I, I think they've, they've been adopted in some other places, but it really grew there in the 1970s um, responding to changes, in particular the closure of mental hospitals and also reductions in direct funding from the state. So by integrating these people into the workforce who previously were seen as being a social cost, they weren't really seen as complete citizens either um, until these social changes happened, welcoming them into the society, um, these cooperatives are not only creating workers, but they're also creating consumers the flip side of the capitalist worker. Um, we could see in a duality of sort of action and identity, 
um, as identified by Marx and, and Hannah Arendt and others. Um, so I think it's, it's undeniable from this point of view that the social cooperatives are creating consumers, or at the very least enhancing their purchasing power, and bringing them into the wage labor market. Um, and even the director of the cooperative um, confirmed this to me. He said that, um, so, oh sorry, I'm missing to explain. So Luminare is this retail space. It has a sister cooperative called Verde Cura, which actually is um, for waste management services. So they work in direct contract with the local government. Um, so it's, um, sorry, it's interesting because one, while it's creating consumers, the other cooperative is actually dealing with sort of the end of the same cycle of consumption. Um, so the director of Luminare told me that the 26 disadvantaged people who work there are not only generating savings for the community by not being given benefits, but also these people earn a salary and pay taxes and they can buy things. So all of this wealth remains in the territory. Of the total revenues of the Verde Cura cooperative, half go directly into the salaries of people living there. Um, on another level, Luminare Cooperative um, also interacts with consumers as the, the end users of the goods that they produce. So even though their mission is to create jobs for people, being a social cooperative, as you can see here, what their real mission is in being a retail space is to provide a place for people to practice this ethical consumption. Um, so this is the retail space. Um, as you can see, it's actually, I was really impressed by this, by this place when I first went to do my field work because it's a multiple level building that has, um, as you enter, it has um, a clothing area and children's clothing, um, and then it also has a cosmetic section. Um, th there was a part that was actually dedicated to sustainable building, um, sustainable travel. I mean, you can question what, what does sustainable actually mean in these various circumstances, but, um, but yeah, so the founders who started this in 2011, um, with the mission of promoting ethical goods and critical consumption, they saw this particularly as a means through which they could spread their own values of sustainability and ethical consumption. And one way for doing that was really simply just through the creation of this physical space. Um, and a key component of that space is um, what they've called the Biotega, which is like Bottega. It's a, a food store with mostly organic foods. Um, they also sell, um, not just organic, but also local food. There's a kilometer zero market. They have fair trade foods and also bulk foods. Um, you can see here that they have a lot of, um, interestingly, it's something that you almost never see in the U United Kingdom, but it's quite common in Italy, even in the US, this um, reduced packaging bulk food. Um, so this, this part of um, their venture, it's obviously building on existing movements in Italy, for example, the slow food movement, and also a movement that's already taking place within the consumer cooperatives, which is to use a cause-based sort of consumer activism approach 
to d- differentiating themselves from other stores. Um, the co-op is a, one of the biggest retailers in Italy. Um, it's not related at all to the cooperative here in the UK. It just happens to have the same name. Um, but they have their own label, Vivi Verde Organic Foods, and also Fior Fiore, which is gourmet region, regional specialty items. So they've really taken this approach of sort of adopting consumer concerns um, and then using that to sell people and create their own um, their own different identity in the retail space. Um, but one thing that this Luminare cooperative does, which is different, is it's claiming to be an innovative re- retail center by combining different types of shopping in one area. So in addition to these ethically labeled foods, they, as I mentioned, also offer clothing, cosmetics, accessories, which are somehow deemed ethically superior to the mainstream alternatives. And they define this very broadly. The products might be organic, local, fair trade, artisanal, recycled, upcycled actually they call it, or some combination of these. Um, And the assumption, I think at the core of this project, um, and others like it, is that individuals can choose to consume in a way that's more ethical and place certain social values ahead of monetary value in their purchase considerations of cost-benefit analysis. Um, There have obviously been numerous articles and chapters written about specific types of ethical consumption, for example, the slow food movement, um, and looking at what it means, its contradictions, how it's practiced. Um, And my thesis chapter is, um, that this is based on is really adding to that discussion. But here, um, obviously what we're talking about is food-based ICT. So how does does that bring our... T- I think looking at it through that lens brings our attention um, not just to practice, but how the ideas of what is ethical or is not ethical is defined and also transmitted. Um, so... Can't, sorry, they can't see this very clearly, but it's just to give you an idea. Um, it's a schematic of the communication strategy that was used within the Luminari Cooperative. And this, this came out of a meeting that I was, I was participating in where literally the, um, the director of the cooperative was sitting there and sort of drawing out these little pictures and explaining to all of us who were working on the communications team um, how she envisioned the process working. So... I was really lucky because um, I actually volunteered my time to sort of get access to the cooperative, and one of the jobs that they gave me was to do their their social media marketing, basically. So I was the one who every day was posting things, updating the website, so I really had a very kind of central access to see what was going on here. Um, so at taking an example, um, the weekly deals for the Biotega, they would be... Um, promoted on the website, they would be published in a bi-monthly newsletter, Um, they would be also posted on um, posters in the store, they were daily posts on Facebook, um, and the website was updated weekly. Um, Yeah, so there was really a lot, I mean, probably the fact that I was the one who was working on social media, but I know that there was a lot of focus and emphasis put on the use of social media for the communication strategy. Um, however, Facebook was used primarily to encourage people um, 
Um, it was used primarily to either market the goods that they had specifically on offer. So rather than talking about sort of their sharing their principles and their ethics in a direct way, what they were doing was showing people these more ethical alternatives that they could come and choose to buy from their store. So um, I like this one because it says sort of a, a joke, I guess. Uh, green is a color that we like. They're selling their, their local um, vegetables and, you know, do we have any bread? Like, yeah, we have lots of bread. Um, and it was also used almost more even, I think, than, than marketing the goods in particular to tell, talk about events that they were going to have um, and talking about the discounts, trying to drive footfall and get people to come and buy things from, from their retail space. Um, yes. So I would argue that the use of these platforms clearly shows a marketing-oriented approach with a one-way sharing rather than an attempt to start conversations and create um, any kind of shared purpose or identity. So the Facebook page for Luminare was not promoting um, conscious consumerism per se, but rather those particular events. Um, and in fact, the director of the other cooperative, Verde Cura, who got me involved in this, told me when I first started that um, it's necessary to fare el Rufiano, which means kind of to be pandering and sly and use marketing tactics. He, sort of, he even said, like, you can post pictures of kittens if it gets people to come to our Facebook page. Um, so I think um, if, if what Miller said was right about people using the internet instrumentally to create relationships with each other, I think what, at least this example, is, is showing us is that um, businesses, even if it's a, a sort of values-driven business, are using social media to create consumers. Um, so the, the Biotega, as I mentioned, was sharing um, weekly specials, recipe ideas, and other ideas to get people <coughs> to buy those more ethical foods. Um, but actually, it had fewer than 400 followers at the time I was there. And I checked through all of the posts of, over the recent history, and there was only one from an uh, actual customer. And all of the rest of them were other businesses or people in managerial positions within the other local cooperatives. Um, so this, you can't actually see much because I didn't want to like show the actual names of the places or the people, but what it is is um, a typical kind of post that the cooperative has made and it's been shared by four other cooperatives amongst each other. So, um, yeah, so the other posts, I, I think they were using Facebook in a way to build connections um, they were so they were using it as a networking tool amongst themselves, um, boosting their own online credentials. And although they were they were ho they were hoping to expand the reach of their messages by sharing it, um, they they seemed to be creating a one way conversation, or at best it was this conversation that was happening amongst elite people who were sharing their own views with each other rather than creating any kind of discussion. So the question is, can this be considered activism? Um, were they campaigning for social change in some ways? Well, on one hand, I'd argue that um, it was not an effective campaign, if it was one, because the social media and other marketing methods were, uh, were not really effective at changing any behavior, shopping behavior, of most of the people who I interacted with regularly. 
for them, the value equation remains in favor of being frugal over other ethical concerns. A lot of the employees at the sister cooperative, Verde Cura, so think about it, these are people working in waste collection, not on the highest salaries, uh, they couldn't afford to shop there. Um, but some of them did buy organic goods from other stores, um, other, in fact, from consumer cooperatives. And I was one of those people, too, who agreed with the ideal in principle, but I felt that it was out of reach for financial reasons. And that, I think, just indicates, like other research has done, the limits of conscious consumption through purchasing, because it's an option that's only available to some if you have enough purchasing power, sort of as a middle-class agenda. Um, the retail space itself was only a partial success. Go back, it's nicer to look at. Um, uh, it's only a partial success, so only the areas focusing on instant consumption goods were actually able to attract enough ethical consumers or purchasers. So the, the Biotega was one that was actually having a decent turnaround. Um, there was an organic restaurant that was kind of limping along. Um, and the cosmetics store was doing really quite well. Um, so I, I also would like to propose, I mean, it's not fully relevant for this talk, but I think it's important to, to note that there seems to be a conflict between the ideal of conscious consumption they're promoting and that being embodied in a retail space, because what they seem to be doing really was con promoting consumerism rather than any kind of ethical agenda. Um, but I would also... <coughs> kind of contradicting myself, but I, I think we, we need to consider the possibility that this could be seen as activism in the sense that um, the venture, both physically and online, is promoting an ideal. It's promoting um, a particular vision about what it means to buy ethical food. Through the provision and promotion of these green items, including um, zero-kilometer fair trade, organic, they're contributing to part of this existing um, broader social movement. And actually, when I asked one local person why she thought the cooperative um, was struggling to get customers, she actually thought it was <coughs> because there were so many green and organic options around. So it, in a way, it's a good thing because they're contributing to a, a, a quite a large movement in Italy. Um, and the, the cooperative itself now, actually, since I've left, has putting a lot of stock in the potential of using online means to promote their goods um, and perhaps also their ideals. Um, so since they left, they've completely reorganized the website, they're selling foods online, um, and clearly hoping that the digital space will help to change their role in the market. <coughs> 